Shadow of the Hook by Wolfgang Wimmers Passage 4, Part 2 Continuing from where we left off, with Trevor and Grawp in the swamp, confronted by the groveling monster from the night before, astride a large rat. Before they could be spotted, Grawp grawped in terror, and Trevor let out a huge croak. Then both leapt off in separate directions into the brackish black water of the swamp. By a stroke of luck, they jumped so powerfully that the knot of vines binding them snapped. The vines were still tied to them, but they were no longer stuck to each other. After swimming a little way into the swamp, Trevor dared to raise his head just enough that his eyes broke the water's surface. He quickly realised he had been mistaken in his initial impression. This was not the dribbling, grobbling beast from the day before. While the two looked very alike, this creature was something else entirely. Older and more wrinkled than their captor, he wore a shiny metal crown atop his head and was wrapped in dark furs. His jutting lower jaw tilted the rest of his face upward, giving him a rather snobbish appearance for a creature so repulsive and a single giant thick hair popped out from his chin, curling slightly downward. The crowned creature rode his giant white rat with an air of confidence. He and the rat were as one. The slightest of movement on the reins, or a soft command, and the rat responded. Trevor watched on in trepidation, as many other similar creatures came into view, following closely behind the crowned creature. These creatures sat astride their own mottled brown and grey rats. They wore black bone helmets and carried sharp spears. The group continued toward the green clearing and disappeared from view. When he was sure the procession was well out of earshot, Trevor called out to his brother as quietly as possible. Grop! Daring to stick his head up a little further out of the water, he looked around. But Grop wasn't to be found. Paralyzed with fear, he stayed well hidden under a giant brown tuft of moss that was slowly decaying in the putrid swamp water. He bubbled out a small Grrrrp, and let himself sink to the bottom of the swamp, his empty stomach well forgotten. <laughs> the Troll King had woken an hour before dawn at the close of a meaningful dream. The return of the magical white unicorn was an omen, but what could it mean? Cullum the Stout had called forth his seers and bandaged the worse of his blisters, smeared sun-blocking waxes all over his ears, then plucked at the end of his whisker. He gathered his spearmen and saddled the rats, and into the country he thundered. The guards were adorned with black bony hats. The bones were from bats, if you wondered. Into the forest of gloom they did ride, and avoided the haunting howl-hound, through reeking marshes not missing a stride, with insects all whirring around. Soldiers waved spears at the wasps as they prayed that the stingers were not their way bound. As frogs parted ways, trolls set eyes on the glade where the unicorn grazed on its mound. The troll king alighted and tethered his rat to the root of a weeping old willow and moved slowly onward to offer a pat to the unicorn soft as a pillow. 
He stared at the animal, wearing a frown, till he came to a final decision. We'll take him on back to the fairy folk town for the wizards to summon their visions. Run! yelled Ash as he shot past Rosa, club in hand. With a scream, Rosa ducked out of the diving wasp creature's path. Rosa hefted the backpack over her shoulder, grasped Oscar's arm and half-wrenched him up, then began dragging him down the path. Oscar could hardly stand, let alone run, but somehow he found the strength to get moving. As Quilby bumped along, he popped his head out of the backpack and began yelling at the creature now upon them. "'Hey, you! Come and get me!' he cried, waggling his red hat back and forth. It had the desired effect. The giant wasp thing dove straight past Ash and began chasing Quilby. With a quick smile of triumph, Quilby pursed his lips and began blowing a huge, clear bubble of magical spittle. With a single command, he let it loose. Trap! The bubble spiralled towards their attacker, enveloping it and silencing its angry buzz. It was caught. Ba-boom! yelled Quilby in delight as the magic bubble floated peacefully upward and away. But the danger wasn't over. The swarm of wasp creatures was gaining on them, their ear-piercing drone becoming more and more ferocious, and Quilby only had three bubble trap spells left in his hat. He'd have to think quick. He bobbed desperately back down into the bag. The companions half ran, half tumbled their way back down to the fork in the road where Oscar collapsed at the base of a big pine whimpering as he hit the ground. He couldn't go on. The throbbing agony in his shoulder was too much to bear. Looking up in despair, he saw that the wasp things were almost upon them. Just when it seemed that all was lost, Quilby popped his head out of the backpack once more. Quickly surveying the scene, he drew out a cockle shell, its two halves tied together by a blue snit whisker, then frantically lobbed it onto the path of the approaching attackers. Just before the shell hit the ground, he spoke the words of the spell. Limestone, ash, and grains of sand. Wall of glass across, expand. All at once, a shimmering transparent shield radiated out from the shell. First just building up in the attacker's path, then extending out into the forest either side. The first wave of wasps crashed directly into it. Each emitted a sharp ping on impact, then exploded. The remaining wasp pulled up short of the wall and began darting about furiously, buzzing their frustration. Although they seemed to be held at bay for now, Ash remained on guard. He stayed close to the glass shield, club in hand, eyeing the creatures warily. Behind him, Corby said, Quick, quick, put me down, Rosa. Oscar doesn't have much time. As soon as the bag was close to the ground, Quilby jumped out and disappeared off into the bushes. Rosa ran over to Oscar, who was writhing around in agony. She felt helpless and had no idea what to do. It'll be okay, Osk. Quill's going to help us. Oscar's face contorted with pain, his shoulder red and swollen. The wasp began spreading out behind the shield, seeking its edge. Quilby darted out of the bushes carrying a blue-tipped mushroom in one hand and a bunch of leaves and roots in the other. He dove into the backpack, 
and at once a squelching noise and the sound of stone grinding on stone could be heard. Crawling back out of the bag, Quilby handed a leaf smeared with caramel-coloured ointment to Rosa. Dab the paste on his wound, Rosa, he said. She took the leaf and applied the paste to Oscar's shoulder as lightly as she could. Oscar winced a few times, but the ointment worked its magic. The pain and swelling rapidly began to subside. Seeing the colour return to her brother's face, Rosa put a comforting arm around him, tears of relief pouring down her cheeks. You saved him, Quill, she said. I, I'm so glad he's, he's all right, Quilby said, looking shyly proud. But, 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 but the danger's not yet past. We, we must go, quickly, and, and put some distance between us and the w- 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 wasps. Right you are, lad. Are you ready to try walking again, Oscar? said Ash. Oscar was still tender and had lost some of his strength, but he was again able to stand and move about. He nodded. Good. I'll take the rear then, said Ash, and they headed away from the fork, taking the left-hand path this time. The giant wasps remained behind, fruitlessly trying to find a way through Quilby's shield. Those were no ordinary wasps, Ash said. Do you have any idea what they were, Quill? he asked. No, I've not seen anything like them before, but there certainly was magic involved. The the question is, were the creatures meant for us, or did we just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time? Either way, lad, our path has been chosen now. We're headed for the swamp, and whatever lies in the dark forest behind it. Oscar and Rosa looked confused. Swamp? they both asked at once. What do you mean swamp? Oscar continued. How could there be a swamp up here on the mountainside in the freezing cold middle of winter? Up up ahead, a a hidden track leads to a small valley, said Quilby. Within that valley is a swamp. It's it's always warm there, no matter what time of year. If if we are to reach the grotto, there's there's no avoiding the swamp, he added. Oh, and a word of warning said Ash, raising his eyebrows. The swamp stinks! Yuck, said Rosa. Is the swamp magic? I, I think so, said Quilby. But, but it's not the kind of magic I understand. I, I think it might be a sort of old earth ma- magic. Okay, everyone, Ash jumped in. Let's all be quiet, or we'll have another stink to deal with. Of the grumbling kind. The group trudged on down the snowy track for a time, before Quilby piped up once more. Hey, hey Ash, I, I was w- w- wondering, were you named Ash because you f- f- flew straight into the fireplace as soon as you were born? Quilby, said Rosa, that's so mean. I can't believe you just said that. Ash laughed out loud. (laughs) Don't be concerned, Rosa. It's just a game we two play. I'm not offended. Rosa looked at him, puzzled, then shrugged her shoulders and continued trudging. You'll never guess it, Quill. So stop trying, said Ash with a sly grin and a flitter of his broken wings. 
Without responding to Ash's jibe, Quilby waved them to a stop, then somehow managed to pull a humongous pair of eyeglasses from his hat. When he placed them on the tip of his nose, the giant square lenses extended well out to either side of his face. Oscar and Rosa could barely contain themselves at the sight. Noticing their smiles, Ash let out a quick snort that sent all three into tears of laughter. Quilby, who was staring very intently at the bushes to the side of the track, turned to them. What? he asked. The other three fell over in mirth, rolling around on the ground, quite unable to speak. Oh, uh, yes, um, these glasses once once belonged to a, a dwarf, but bigger than a gnome, he said with a shy smile. Shush! Im- important work going on here. Quilby's voice trailed off into a mumble as he reached into his hat again and pulled out a leather pouch. From it, he took a handful of glittery powder, scattering it in front of the bushes. He then resumed his staring as his companions picked themselves up out of the snow. There, he said, pointing at the thickest part of the bushes. Come on, everyone. This should put us out of those wasps' reach once and for all, he said before walking directly into the bush. Ash stepped toward the spot where Quilby had just disappeared. Follow me, he said. Then he too was out of sight. Rosa grabbed Oscar's hand and they pushed forward into the bushes, the cold snow-sprinkled leaves brushing lightly against their faces. As the leaves parted, they could see a thin trail neither had noticed before. A small leaf drifted slowly to the ground, a little too slowly. Was time slowing down again? Oscar looked at the steam that came from his mouth as he exhaled. It billowed out before him in slow motion. With a few more steps, they were through to an open path on which Quilby and Ash stood waiting. Did did you notice the time distortion? Quilby asked curiously. When they nodded, he said, That's absolutely normal. You've you've just passed through the first barrier. Welcome to the realm of the magical folk. You're the first humans to have entered our realm in a, a, a long time. Oscar and Rosa looked around. The strange sensation from moments before was gone. All seemed back to normal. And Oscar was almost back to normal too. His strength had returned and the swelling in his shoulder was almost gone. Quill, he said, I just want to thank you for healing me and for saving us from those creatures. I thought I was a goner. I thought we were all goners. Ash and Rosa voiced their agreement. Hear, hear, Ash said proudly. Gooby's cheeks turned a rosy red. He gave a humble nod. And you're going to have to show me how your hat works sometime, Oscar said. What do you have in there, a house? They all chuckled. There's no time to waste, friends, Ash said. Let's get to the swamp. The trail here was darker and surrounded by thick bushes. Black moss grew on the branches. Tree roots lined the track, making it difficult to walk. They stepped carefully, but their progress was slow for a while. As they turned a corner, they could see a small green clearing ahead. They stopped to catch their breath. Ooh, what's that smell? asked Rosa. It stinks like rotten eggs. 
That's the smell of deep earth, child, said Ash, and most certainly the smell of the swamp. Oscar took a big whiff and stood thoughtful for a moment. Sulphur, he said. That's, that's the smell of sulphur. I remember when you were very little, Rosa. We went to a huge park with hot pools and bubbling mud. The same smell was there. I learnt about it at school. It's got to do with the earth and volcanoes and lava. We should be careful here. That, that, that we should, kids, Corby said. In fact, I, I'm not even sure how to safely cross the swamp. Rosa looked concerned by Quilby's comment, but kept quiet as they moved on down the path, Ash leading the way. As they reached the clearing at the bottom of the path, they saw that it was covered with a thick carpet of grass. Wait, ordered Ash with a wave of his club. They all stopped. A scurrying sound came from the bushes to their left, and the children caught a glimpse of what looked like a tail disappearing into the foliage. Ash looked at Quilby. What do you think that was? he asked quietly. S something out of the ordinary for these parts, uh, I'm afraid, Quilby said. Did, did you see its saddle? Ash nodded to his pal, looking concerned, then motioned for the others to stay put, while he took a few more cautious steps down the path. Reaching the clearing, he stopped in his tracks, staring. No. It can't be, he said. It, it can't be. A few silent seconds later, Rosa spoke in a loud whisper. It can't be what, Ash? Ash turned slowly around, a look of excitement on his face. It's a unicorn!